0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard.
1: Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Darren Clark, Head of customer Success at OpenSky. How are you doing, Darren?
0: Hello, good afternoon. How are you, okay, Ron?
1: thanks. Now, before we start, tell us a bit about your background. So Let us know uh, who you are and what you've done, et cetera.
0: Yeah, great. Thanks, Bronan, and, and first of all, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on the podcast today. No problem. Um, it's it's uh, it's always a, a pleasure to you know talk talk about what we do. I'll, I'll give you a bit of background on myself first before I talk about um, uh, about the business. Yep. You know, my own background is that I worked in the financial services sector um, for over twenty years before I kind of segued across into technology. So you know during that time I. Worked with quite a number of insurers and different uh, financial services businesses, uh, as a, you know, both, both as a business development manager and a financial advisor. So I've worked in Ireland and I worked in the UK. I did a few years in London, um, and you know, I went to London after the financial crisis. Spent uh, a couple of years from 2000 to 2014 over there, and I came back here in uh, twenty fourteen. And at that point, very much went into the technology side of things. Um, you know, during my time in financial services, uh, I you know I, I worked there from the 1990s, and it was a very um, traditional, paper-based sort of a business. You know, where a lot of information was gathered on paper, and customers interacted very manually with financial institutions or by post. Uh, and back in the 90s, you know, I saw firsthand how the traditional business model uh, became transformed. You know, through the use of digital technology, you know, laptop-based uh, solutions, et cetera. So that got me really interested in technology and how it could be used in organizations. So from 2014, I, I very much focused on technology for my work, um, working working for an outsourcer uh, in, in Dublin, which was a technology firm providing solutions to financial services. So there was a nice fit for me there. Um, and I joined OpenSky uh, in 2019. So um, as their head of customer success, so uh, working with a lot diverse range of organizations now, um, trying to help them harness the benefits of technology. That's, that's, that's what I do.
1: So what does OpenSky do?
0: So uh, OpenSky is essentially, uh, we, we were, we're first and foremost uh, an automation company. Yeah. So, we automate uh, business processes. So, our mantra, I always describe this in, in, in three words our mantra is digitize, automate, and integrate. So, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, any process based on logic can be digitized. Once you digitize your process, you can automate it. So, sure. just to give you a bit of history before I, I get into the detail yep. of what we do, we're we're an Irish-owned and operated IT service consultancy business. As I say, focused on automation. We're in Naas in County Kildare, and we're here since 2004. So, you know, we're we're quite proud. We're a local uh, Irish Irish business. Um, now, we're, we're we're kind of very much in the Microsoft space. So, we're a Microsoft Gold Partner. Um, and we do specialize in working with products like Dynamics. So, you know, our clients include a lot of large, diverse organizations, uh, quite a few in the public sector, some local authorities, uh, regulatory organizations. Yeah. Um, but go- going back to it, you know, what we do is we, we help our customers achieve the benefits of uh, technology through the digitization of their business processes uh, and then we help automate those processes, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, for, so, for example, we, we have different platforms, and, and your listeners will be familiar, of course, with a lot of these, I'm sure. So we have different platforms for achieving that automation, and, and you know, which, which ones we use depends, I suppose, on the context that mm-hmm. we're using it in or the problem that the particular customer is, is trying to solve. Um let me let me give you an example. So most you know most people are very familiar with Microsoft, uh, and there's a whole ecosystem there of Microsoft products that we're all they're, they're ubiquitous Excel and and PowerPoint and SharePoint and Outlook. Um, but there's a product called Microsoft Dynamics, which is a CRM product. Now that, that's a fantastic tool, for example, to use as a case management system, um, integrating customer data. Yeah, putting it all in one place. So that's one tool we use. But we also use tools like RPA. Uh, now, again, for the listeners, many people will be familiar with what RPA is—Robotic Process Automation—but uh, it's effectively software ro- robotics. It's it's automating processes. Um, and we all, we we also run and do have a what we call a .NET practice. So we do bespoke software solution builds, uh, and that's really, I guess, what you could call the more deep automation. Yeah. So we're, we're quite a broad-based business. Uh, we have our head office in NACE, but we have offices in Poland. Um, we've, we've been operation in India. So, you know, I think there's, we've over 100, uh, 100 staff.
1: That's pretty impressive. A lot of staff for uh, an Irish company, that's, that's kind of what's more, was growing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, we, we, we are a fast-growing company. Uh, we've grown quite substantially uh, over the last few years. Um, so, you know, the, the business was founded in 2004, but in the last five years, it's increased very substantially in size, and, you know, we're we're continuing to grow. Um, and, you know, I know part of what we'll talk about today is is the current sort of, the current context or situation uh, and this is why I believe that technology is going to become more and more important and, and digitizing and automating businesses is going to become more and more important when you see the situation that can come out of almost nowhere as we've had since March. Yeah. Um, so you know we're, we're providing a lot of uh, solutions for the public sector but we're, we're also working with the private sector as well and we're trying to take the message the message, I guess, to, to as many uh, people as possible around the benefits of these technologies.
1: So, how do you help customers actually adapt to the working in the pandemic? Because now remote working is something that, basically, twenty years ago, you couldn't do properly because equipment technology wasn't really there where it is now.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean that that's that's the, that's the critical thing, isn't it? So, you know, what our our mantra is this point which I made earlier. Uh, which is digitise, automate, and integrate. Now, twenty years ago, a, a lot of the way we do that, uh, you know, simply was not available. So, so let's talk. Let's talk about it because in in a pandemic situation, essentially, what's happened here is one day, out of nowhere, this this thing called COVID comes along, and you know it comes out of the blue, and all of a sudden, people are told, "Don't go to the office." You know, work from home. Um, you know social distance um, and businesses are suddenly handed this big problem to deal with. Uh, now you know what we've found during the pandemic is that a lot of our, our existing customers, they are already our customers, they've already taken part of that step towards digitizing, they were able to continue uh, working remotely as, as were we. Um, yeah. But a lot of businesses were not. Now obviously you know when I say digitize, you can't digitize haircuts, you know, uh, you, know you can't digitize everything, um, but there's an awful lot of processes that you can digitize. So anything based on data, anything based on information and logic. So put really, really simply, an operating model based on paper-based manual processes is a lot more vulnerable Uh, Than one based on digital processes so the first step is that digitizing this is what we've been advising people to do Um, once you digitize the process then you get the opportunity to uh, double down if you like on on that because if you digitize a process you can automate it and uh, you know robotic process automation uh, solutions such as Power Automate from, from Microsoft offers a suite of, um, of tools that allow us to configure and automate processes for businesses uh, and then the third piece then is integrating in the cloud yeah. you know, and, and the cloud has become again a part of our daily lives because once you've got everything in the cloud you have the opportunity to access it from anywhere. Um, so what we've been really saying to customers is you know I mean, our our response running to to the pandemic was to offer support to our uh, existing customers first of all, um, and we do offer support services uh, all, all the time. This is this is part of what we do on a day to day basis. But we also try to reach out to the wider world and educate people uh, and spread the message about what the possibilities might be. So we ran a series of webinars on the subject, and I have to say we had a great level of interest. And attendance you know speaking like like you know on, on teams or on zoom um and the message was very simple for most organizations was that if you if you haven't thought before about automating uh, and looking at your looking at your business then you need to do it now yeah. um because within just a couple of short weeks as you know the environment was transformed and, and those businesses that had the ability to work remotely um, most of them remained relatively okay, but for a lot of others, it, it was a different story.
1: And for me, the scary thing is that when somebody wasn't used to remote working and they did it, then they came back out of out of that, and then they're told to go back in there again. After getting used to back, going back in your office, sitting, you're told to no, go back work from home again. That must be tough.
0: Yeah, you know, Ron, I think that, you know, there's pluses and minuses to, to, to both. You know, people definitely miss some of the human connection. Uh, and offices are about bringing people together. And of course, COVID has been very much about keeping people apart, physically at least. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, if, if, if you think about it, the pandemic has changed uh, a lot of things and everything won't just switch back to the way it was before because we've now, we've now had the experience uh, that has changed the way we see things. So, you know, we believe that the evidence is all around us. COVID has acted like a catalyst and it has accelerated changes that were already there, already coming. So, you know, if, for example, the pandemic has changed how employers view remote working.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, it has forced remote working to happen uh, and it's demonstrated how it can work, and it can work very well. It's changed how consumers shop. It's yeah. changed how we consume services. So, you know, the pandemic turned digital channels into, from a nice-to-have into very much a need-to-have. Need yeah. uh, we, you know, we can all see, if you, if you look at the international uh, business environment, digital businesses prospered, the Amazons and the Netflix prospered, while businesses that rely on physical contact stopped. So I think, you know, things will, will, I wouldn't say go back, I think things will change again when this crisis ends, and this will end, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, the question is when, and then what will be different? And we think, what I think what will be different is that technology will probably play a greater role in more people's lives going forward than it did before.
1: Because I'm thinking right now, I remember companies were saying in the past to their staff, oh, we can't remote work, it's not possible to be done. Now it's been done. And I think in the future they're going to say, well, well When it comes to doing meetings with uh, certain people, can I do it via Zoom rather than fly across the world to do it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. you know and I think you know there, there's, there's probably a cohort of people out there who are dying to get back to the office yeah. um, and then there's a cohort of people who are enjoying the fact that they don't have a commute, and then there's everything in between, and you know the future of work probably looks. Different to the way it looked pre-pandemic, yeah. but it's not going to stay the way it is now either. So we're, we're going to have uh, organizations that have moved to develop their capabilities during the pandemic um, and move to automate uh, processes and digitize processes and uh, have different capabilities after the pandemic. And, and you're going to have employees who also have a different view about commuting and about you know, uh, working from home uh, after, after the pandemic. It, 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 it certainly is one of those, as I say, catalyst moments. And, you know, technology, uh, you know, is, is, is certainly going to take centre stage going forward. And that's why we believe businesses like ourselves are going to be very busy. So we're, 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 what we're really trying to do, though, is, is let people understand what the possibilities are because, you know, the possibilities are, are in some ways greater than they were yeah. even 10 years ago.
1: I'm thinking. Basically, you see, more people working work in a hybrid moment where they're going to work in the office maybe twice a week, and the rest of the week work from home.
0: Yeah, you know, anything is possible, and it depends on it depends on on, on, on the business model. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of processes where you can, you know, use technology to automate and uh, remove the more boring, repetitive tasks from from people. Um, and, you know, working from home, you know, access to those processes can still be available because everything is online, uh, and everything is in the cloud. So um, I think apart from just people's work-life balance, you know, critical piece here for, for the economy and for businesses is resilience. And uh, technology is going to play a greater role in, uh, in in the planning of resilience in the future so what we've been saying to to potential customers and existing customers is you know look at look at how you can future proof your business for this new world that we're going into and that we're now in um because you know it could happen again and you know who knows nobody saw this coming i don't want to be a pessimist I'm, I'm, i'm an optimist by nature you know and hopefully we'll be out of this over the next few months uh, if, if, if vaccines come out. But it's not, you know, the technology is not just about protecting yourself in a pandemic because it's fundamentally about doing a number of things, uh, making your business more efficient, uh, doing things, the old mantra, better, cheaper, faster. Yeah. So, you know, improving the experience that your customers have or in the public sector that your citizens have. You know, we, we did the survey um, uh i don't know if i mentioned this earlier we did a survey of our own back in uh like in march time at the beginning of the pandemic
1: yeah
0: and coming out of that survey you know i guess we probably knew this already but it's good to get the sort of some of the data on it there was very much a sense that uh, you know the majority of people want to be able to interact with public services digitally yeah um People want to be able to access services digitally for, for reasons of turnaround, uh, for reasons of not having to travel. Um, so, you know, you know, and, and a survey found as well, our survey also found, we, we, we actually surveyed over a 1,000 people up and down the country in every county. And in terms of the working from home piece, there's still a gap. You know, we, we kind of, t- people assume everyone can work from home. Yeah. And I'm talking about office workers. Clearly, you know, the dentists or the hairdresser can't. Yeah, but we we found some twenty two percent of office workers surveyed couldn't work from home, yeah. so there there are gaps to be to be plugged. There definitely, and and you know hopefully we can we can help people do that.
1: Yeah, but I'm looking at twenty years ago technology for like i I remember twenty years ago, you were looking to get broadband if you had that, and uh, most people had dial up, and uh, when you check an email, you didn't have a mobile device. So like for example, if I get up in the morning, I can check in my watch or my on my or my phone to see what emails have come in and then decide what's important to prioritize, and then get up, get ready, turn on my computer, and then decide what to do first.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're living in a more connected world, aren't we? I yeah. mean, you know, the Netflix and, you know, the internet, everything is actually online now. Um, and and you're, you're absolutely right in that. It's, 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 it's the development of cloud technologies um, that you know and, and also the processing capability to, to process data that has transformed our ability to you know have teams calls or you know um, share information share screens have virtual meetings which you know it's just something that wasn't there you know 10 plus years ago uh, and it certainly is, is, is now becoming ubiquitous yeah. because of the pandemic and you know crises like this one you um, have a habit of becoming, a, you know, catalysts, and I said this yeah. earlier, and accelerating the, these changes. Um, it might be useful for me to give you some I- examples of, you know, um, how how this works in practice in terms of the work we're doing with, yeah. uh, with organizations. Yeah. So, for example, I mentioned that I came from a financial services background. Um, and, you know, part of my role in, in OpenSky, one of the reasons I came across OpenSky uh to work with them is to, you know, look at the vast, uh, you know, potential in the sectors like financial services, which I'm very, very familiar with from from decades there, um, and to make sure that you know organizations and people can fully understand and be aware of the benefits and the possibilities of the technology. Um, but also when we actually, when organizations do make the investment. What we do uh, in Open Sky is we focus not just on the technology, but we focus on the context, the organisational context. So, who will be using the technology? What will they be using it for? Uh, what problems are they trying to solve? What, you know, what are they trying to achieve? Um, you know, financial services is, is an area where we're doing work in at the moment at Open Sky. You know, there's a product I mentioned earlier called Microsoft Dynamics. This is a fantastic product. If you're a financial services provider and you're dealing with a large number of of customers, you can bring all of your customer data together using this product in one place on the cloud. And, you know, it becomes accessible from anywhere, on any device. Um, Now, it's, it's important to say, Ronald, of course, most businesses are at least already partially digitized.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know... We're not, I'm not suggesting here that everybody's paper-based, but what you'll find is a lot of those businesses still have gaps and still have a lot of manual processes. And modern modern tools that weren't available until only a few years ago, uh, like robotic process automation, can actually overlay on top of legacy technology that's there um, and actually fill in some of those gaps. Um, so, you know, our RPA is a really flexible technology, and it can sit on top of the business's existing infrastructure, yeah. and it can be applied quite cheaply. I think that's one of the one of the game changers of recent years is a move away from very expensive bespoke um, solutions, you know, and a move towards what we call low code.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm sure you've heard the terminology before. Um, so products like Dynamics. Um, there's a couple of really, really critical things about Dynamics. First of all, it sits within that Microsoft universe. So when you use it in your business, it's designed as part of that ecosystem and it's designed with a view to integrating and working alongside all those other products like Outlook and Excel. Um, so but one of the really powerful things about Dynamics is 90%, whether you're in a, an insurance business or a bank or you know a software company, um, or a public authority, 90% of the functionality in the product is the same and is already there underneath. And all we do, all we have to do, and it's not that simple, but I'll make it sound simple, is customise about 10% into the particular business context. So, you know, looking at what the customer what their environment is, what problems are they trying to use it for, and then we, we, we customise it and we configure it uh, around, around that. So, you know, it's a lot less costly than dev- designing software from zero, uh, from the ground up. So, you know, that, that's, that's an example, I guess, of where we've come in the last 10 years. Yeah,
1: because I, I guess right now for a customer, if they, if they want software that can be customised for their needs, rather than bespoke, because bespoke software is going to cost you more long-term because that's built for one client only. But if you get something that's built a bit like Lego or like, for Salesforce, where you plug and play what you need.
0: Yeah, that's it. Absolutely, and Dynamics is very much in that sort of is, is a solution like that. Uh, as are other other solutions that we're working with, such as Power Automate. Um, you know that's not to say that it's never right to to look at bespoke we We also, as a business, uh, I should say you know have built and do continue to design bespoke systems and solutions. But you know when you look across businesses, a lot of the processes that different organizations run, a lot of the administration, the back office, you know fundamentally. The processes are the same, and a product like Dynamics has been built with that in mind. Um, but rather than just using the the vanilla version of it, you know, where we where we add the value for the customer is we understand the customer's business and what they're trying to achieve, and we then understand how to configure and shape uh, that product. But but you're right, you know, if you build a product that's only ever going to be used by one customer, then uh, you know, you, you don't have the kind of economies of scale that you have with Dynamics. Once you're on Dynamics and you're on the online version on the cloud, you're almost hitched to the Microsoft train. So you're constantly, you're always on the latest version, if you like, uh, year by year. It yeah. doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't begin to. Uh, you don't build up this legacy, um, you know, th- this legacy uh, debt, if you like.
1: And I guess if you're trying to convince a company to move to this stuff because of the pandemic if you give them something and tell them what the cost is going to be, if they're going to, if they're facial higher costs, they don't think long and hard words, they got something that they can easily uh, move up and down and they can decide basically in certain months of the year we're going to scale up and down according to what we need. The cost will vary. It won't be too much they can afford it.
0: Yeah, you know, Ron, I mean, software implementation projects can be, they can be large or small. And there are a lot of solutions out there now that will actually suit the smaller scale uh um, you know, projects, smaller scale um, challenges, if yeah. you like, that people are are, are trying to address. Um, you know, even simple simple things like Power BI, which is a business information uh, software from Microsoft, which enables you very very quickly to point the software at a set of data and produce reports and dashboards on almost any set of data you want, and unleashes the power of the data on the business. you know, All this data that's sitting below the surface you know, in a database uh, is there and an awful lot of businesses are not using or have not used that to its full value. And, and now there are tools again that we, we work with Power BI and we have a, a Power BI kind of practice uh, to help businesses do that. There so, you know, look, there's, 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 there's so many examples yeah. uh, out there um, of, of the potential for automation and I think uh, we're very keen to, to, to get the message out there, um, I mean I am from my financial services background very keen to get the message out there uh, to the financial services world which of course there's already a lot of technology in and a lot of automation in but one of the challenges in financial services sector uh, in Ireland is that there's a lot of legacy software there mm-hmm. you know and um, a lot of legacy systems and they're not easy to just replace and uh, you know, automation solutions can be layered to link them together. You know, it's so there's it's enormous possibilities.
1: Right. So you just spoke to me about bespoke software, and also a bit about uh, how how basically your clients can use that, or, or they can use something that, like, you mentioned about bit of Microsoft's uh, software. You mentioned that also allows you to uh, pick and choose, a, a plug and play with w- how it works. You think? I think it's called Dynamics? Yeah, how it works. So what else? Yes. We, so what else do you want to talk about? or do we you going to mention? Yeah,
0: I mean, I I, I guess you know it's it's important to highlight that you know it's our approach here is starting with the business and the problem or the challenge that they're trying to solve and working back to the technology. So uh, as as an organization, uh, uh, we take that that approach, and it's very much my mantra that you know using technology is equally about understanding the, the business context and the environment that you're going to use it in and understanding the people and, and how they're going to use it and what their experience of using it is. Um, so, you know, I think it's a really important aspect of, of what we do. Uh, so part of my job at Open Sky is to make sure that we don't just do the build of the software or do the customization, but we focus on Making sure that the customer gets the full value of their investment. Um, so I think that that's just a, a really really important point to make. Um, but going going back to um, you know s- solutions, and I want to give you an example of something we're working on. For example, where you know you know innovation is part of what we do as well. And you know pandemics uh, are often catalysts for innovation. Although the example I'm going to give you is nothing to do with the pandemic, uh, for, just for a change. Um, we have been working with uh, some partner organisations um, on a program to help asset management companies uh, enhance their uh, management of cybersecurity risk yeah. uh, governance. Because cybersecurity is, is is a huge thing at the moment, you know. So you know it's important to say that it's the full solution that we try to bring to our customers, and we often work with uh, partner firms. Uh, so, you know, we bring our particular strengths and we will bring in other firms to work with us where we feel uh, a more rounded, uh, a wider ranging solution. So um, a lot of asset management companies have a requirement. They're regulated by our central bank and they have a requirement to demonstrate the way they manage their cybersecurity. So the example I was going to give you is I talked about Power Power BI and Power Automate. So, you know, these companies are obviously monitoring uh, their cyber security environments all the time and, and vulnerability. Um, but the central bank, you know, is looking at them all the time and requires them to, to, to very much focus on that. So what we offer in conjunction with two other companies is a sort of an independent, um, an independent assessment to be like a gap analysis. So we're working with a company called TypeTech, who we've partnered with, and the way it works is, TypeTech will go in and do a gap analysis for an asset management company's, uh, an investment company's current state of health on their cybersecurity, vulnerability management, monitoring of security, and they'll carry out that gap analysis and provide a report. Um, and any, you know, any shortcomings will be will be addressed and remedial actions will be recommended. But the point about the automation here is. All of that information is sort of flowing beneath the surface. We then come in and build what we call a Power BI uh, dashboard, which sits on top of that. Which means the person responsible in that asset management company has to be able to demonstrate how well they're on top of cybersecurity. They can do so instantly in real time. Yeah. So they will have a they will have a real time interactive Power BI dashboard. Um, which will show them exactly what's going on at all times, and, and then we, we've uh, worked with another third-party company called Strive, and they will Strive will come in and do an independent pen test, penetration tests, just to test the efficacy of, of the solution. So you know, it's probably an example of how we're using automation to uh, solve real problems.
1: Yeah, because I guess right now in this pandemic, automation is what's going to save save uh, the businesses staying afloat because. If staff can't be in the office and they can't do the job properly, it's got to be done by, by somebody and, uh, and one person alone at home can't do it.
0: No, no, absolutely. So that that's probably a fundamental part of <clears throat> part of the message for, for, for us as a business is that, you know, automation uh, future-proofs your organization because if your processes rely on physical proximity, then you're very, very vulnerable to interruptions of the type we've seen. So, you know, I think a really, really important thing to sort of for people to get their heads around is what kind of processes could I automate and how could I do that? How can I achieve that? So, you know, the first thing is any process that's based on using data, um, moving data around, processing data, can be digitized. And if you can digitize it, yeah. You can automate it. And, it, you know, it's funny when we talk about robotic process automation, people kind of visualize R2-D2 and, or 2 d 2 or a factory production line with robotic uh, machines, but this is software ro- uh, robotics. So this is simply um, a way of automating those repetitive tasks. And the thing about it is, Ron, what, what robotics will, will achieve is it will, first of all, it will do the work uh, that's repetitive more accurately, so you'll have less rework, it'll do it more quickly, so you have more efficiency uh, in terms of costs. Um, and, you know, it will do it more effectively, so, you know, you, you can actually improve customer experience. I mean, we're, we're all in a situation now where people expect to be able to get their hands on in information online almost 24-7. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not a 9-to-5 world anymore. So uh, I guess the message for anyone listening who's thinking, does this apply to me, you know, I'm, I'm a smaller business, maybe I don't need automation, you know, you'd be surprised at how some of these simple tools can be deployed to remove some of the more mundane tasks, you know, even in small and medium enterprises. There's a lot of scope out there for for, for, for automation. So, you know, for example, in, in in any business, you know, opening emails and attachments, copying and pasting data, reconciling two sets of data, spreadsheets, um making calculations um you know all of that can be automated and you know these are the sort of mundane tasks that people don't actually enjoy um and what it does is it allows the business and the people working it to focus on the more interesting and also, work the value add stuff yeah and
1: also we're not doing mundane tasks you don't get bored when you get bored you tend to make mistakes
0: Absolutely. You know, people should think of a, rob- a robotic software as uh, a, a way of making taking away the mundane tasks, but also de-risking the, the, the business and removing rework and improving quality. So, you know, I, I was talking about financial services. So, you know, in banking and finance now, you know, uh, cre- credit assessments, the gathering of customer data, the underwriting of... Um, Life insurance policies, claims administration. I mean, we've all we've all been there. Where you know, years and years ago, when I was a lot younger than I am now, you had to go in and sort of, you know, pay your car tax and you know stand in a queue and take a ticket or you know to get your passport renewed. And uh, you know, these days, all those all those processes—they're examples of processes that have been uh, automated. And you know, would, would would anyone take out a bank account now with a bank that didn't have an online banking? Seriously, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah. So, I, I guess what we're saying is, you know, the a- automation has so many uses uh, in so many different settings. And for people who think, well, we've a lot of old technology, you know, we're we're already kind of digitized, but we'd have to probably start from scratch. That's not necessarily true. Um, and I would, I would, I would encourage people to to sort of explore the possibilities. Look, look, look at the options. You know. Yeah, and I guess with that we mentioned about mod and passports.
1: The staff that you used to, to, used to go and see when you, when you were queuing up, they're still there doing their job, but they're not doing the mundane stuff anymore. They're doing something that makes their life more fulfilled.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a concern that the doomsayers, you'll often hear the doomsayers and the naysayers, will say is that our robotics will take jobs. Um, you know, there isn't really any evidence of that. Um, you know, obviously accepting the pandemic where people obviously are, there's a lot of people's jobs have been affected. But, you know, up to the beginning of the pandemic, you know, numbers of people working has been gr- in Ireland is growing, you know, not, not shrinking. And robotics is already here. As, you, as we've discussed, a yeah. lot of these processes are already automated. Uh, and really what, what people should see this as about freeing people up to do the more interesting work um, and, you know, eliminating some of the really mundane, the mundane stuff. Um, so, it's really about educating people, uh, Ron, uh, about what robotics is, what, what, uh, what automation is, and what it means, and to say, don't, don't be afraid of it. Um, you know, embrace it. Well, to
1: me, it means jobs are gone. The job you used to do isn't there anymore, but you've still got your job.
0: But you're, there's a different, more interesting yeah, job. Yeah,
1: and what the job we have, when you applied for a job 30 years ago, you are giving Jasper what your job entails. Now that Jasper is thrown the window, and you're still working, but you're not doing what you used to do as such because. There's ways of making your job uh, more interesting and more fun and less boring.
0: Yeah, look, you know, uh, I, I I remember the first time I saw, saw seeing you know desk, desktop Windows icons and, and that type of technology, you know, uh, and now it's ubiquitous. You know, the way we work, indeed, the way we the way we uh, interact with, with public sector services, government services, the way we the way we consume as consumers has all been changed very fundamentally by the technologies that we're, we're speaking about today. And, you know, it touches every aspect of our lives. Um, and, you know, there are there, are, there are ways in which it's going to develop and touch other aspects of our lives that we probably have not imagined or thought about yet. Um, and, and events like the pandemic do act as a sort of a catalyst because things that, you know, 10 or 11 months ago seemed not normal or seemed potentially maybe would not work or people had doubts about, that have become completely normal. Uh, you know, we conduct we're conducting all of our meetings at the moment, for example. Um, you know, sitting in front of a screen, and, um, and and that's 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 just one example. But you know, yeah. we, we believe that the evidence is all around us that actually, you know, technology can be really made work. It can improve work. It can improve people's lives. It can improve how they ac- access services. It can improve the quality of those services, and and it can. Im- it can, it can protect jobs because it can protect businesses, and you know, in in an environment, in a world where the pandemic can happen, you know, I, I think that's really, really important.
1: Well, right now, it's like we're living in a Hollywood, Hollywood screenplay because of what's happening, and, and in Hollywood, screenplay, you see all the technologies that we think you no, know, we we'll never see that. And it's like a year or so ago, telling somebody remote working that will be happen, and you see the Hollywood screenplay. Now it's happening in real life. We're doing this, and everything has happened. Everything that can go wrong has gone wrong.
0: Yeah, you know, science fiction eventually becomes science fact. Yeah, uh, you know, and it's interesting. I remember as a child seeing, you know, you know, Star Trek or, or, or you know, science fiction, and, and people were talking to one another on little screens, and we thought that was wow, that was amazing. And now it's just an everyday thing.
1: Yeah, and nobody
0: thinks nobody thinks twice about it. I remember
1: two years so ago, I got my know, Apple Watch, and uh, I started, two years ago I got an Apple Watch, and uh, I can use that to make <laughs> receive phone calls. And I felt like Dick Tracy. <laughs> My Dick Tracy moments coming on.
0: Yeah, you know, and you know, yeah, wearable technology, you know, yeah. and it's, um, th- th- there are so many applications. I mean, th- for us at uh, Open Sky, uh, technology is not about the technology itself, although lots of people find it very interesting in its own right. Yeah. For, for me, uh, because I'm not, I'm, I'm not from the techn- technical side of the house. For me, the technology is interesting in what it can allow us to do for people. Yeah. And, and do for for businesses, um, and so you know, uh, as a customer success manager, uh, I'm interested not just in implementing the technology, but in that implementing of the technology having uh, outcomes for people that are that are better. So you know, making it easier for people to interact with each other in, in whatever in whatever form that is, whether it's as a consumer or as a citizen, um, or what, making it easier for people to run their businesses. Um,
1: and also, guess you're here to tell people good luck stories—stories stories of people who used the technology and how they made them ha- happier. Like once upon a time, there was two guys in, in an office building. They they suddenly expanded, but they were make it. Luckily for them, OpenSky came on board and helped them uh, to cope with this.
0: Yeah, we've we we've built we've built systems that allow all sorts of. Um, important work to take place you know so I mentioned earlier uh, dynamics so dynamics is the CRM system which allows a lot of organizations such as local authorities uh, that, that we, we would deal with um to 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 you know manage their their customer desk if you like and manage their customer services uh, remotely. It allows their staff access information remotely. Everything is kept centrally. But these systems are also used for registra- as registration systems as well um, and can be deployed like that. So you know Dynamics is a really flexible tool. I mean, what I would describe Dynamics as for, for people is it's an integration tool and an automation tool. Um, it brings all, all your, your data together and then it automates processes and workflows on top of that. And, and that will allow any business, uh, any customer-focused business, deliver better services uh, and understand their customers and understand uh, who their customers are, uh, have all that information in one place yeah um, and be able to gather information from their customers as well so it's a very very powerful uh, tool uh, like it's not qu- the question is not you know which is the right piece of technology what, which is the best piece of technology to deploy The question is you know what are you trying to achieve what are the problems in your business or your organization that you're trying to solve um, what's the outcome we want to achieve And we have in our armory a whole whole range of, of options. From dynamics to bespoke, um, you know we're doing a lot of work running as well on, on data analytics and yeah. freeing up the data, and it's it's the use of you know applications like Power BI, for example, um, that allow us mine that data and understand what that data is, uh, the value of that data is.
1: Well, I guess Darren it reminds me of the old slogan for Martini in time and place anywhere, which what the cloud gives you now. So because you your end base, based crm base is now cloud based. So no matter where you are in the world, you can access that data and, you, and use that, whereas 20 years ago, you couldn't do that, Such.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, and, and, and what's happened with the pandemic in, in 2020 is that it has, you know, very quickly demonstrated that uh, resilience and, and what you just talked about, because where we, have pro- where we have customers who had already digitized their key processes, and created portals for their customers to interact with them. Those organisations, um, you know, both public or private sector, are able to continue operating yeah. because the processes are are, are, are digital and the data is in the cloud. So bringing, you know, bringing your business processes and your customer data together, putting it all in one place in the cloud, and we use Microsoft Azure. Means that it's accessible because twenty four seven your employees can access it on any device from anywhere. So that sort of flexibility was unimaginable a few years ago. Yeah, and I'm
1: just thinking right now because if somebody is, is doing that and the software can tell them which clients they figure are going are they're going to need to be in touch with most most kind of what's going on, they can tell them don't just don't go to these clients here, the A, B, and C. They're not going to be of use at the moment. E, F, and G are the ones you should be you should be working with.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, every business needs to, uh, I mean, businesses uh, thrive and succeed by being good at what their clients value. And businesses need to be able to understand what it is their clients need and what their clients value. And, you know, having all your customer data and records uh, uh, in one place where you can access it and then having the tools with which to analyze that data, enables businesses to understand the answers to those questions. Yeah. Um and, and you know that and that's what most customers want. People want products and services that are relevant to them and that are valuable to them. Now what we try to do is give businesses and organizations the tools with which to get that information. I mean the, the level the amount of data that's out there behind most businesses is is vast. Uh, and it's been gathered all the time. And you know, before the advent of Data analytics, you know, a lot of businesses were not making use of that data, yeah. but they can really do so now um, using this technology.
1: Now, I guess, before we finish the podcast, you there anything else you want to add that we think you haven't covered?
0: Well, listen, we've, we've, we've covered a lot today, Roland, uh, you know, and it's good to chat to you. Thanks yeah. for the opportunity. I, I, I would just say to people, you know, if you're running a business or you're, you're working in a providing a public s- service, um, you know, hopefully, you know, your, your business and your organization has, has you know, continued to um, be resilient during this COVID crisis. Um, but just remember that digitization and the automation is, is the solution to, you know, challenges like this one. Okay. But far beyond that, it is a solution to allow, you know, to allow customers and consumers interact with businesses easier. Yeah. to get what they need easier and, and uh, you know it's a way of making businesses more effective at providing the things that their customers value so you know very few businesses have zero automation as I said and many people are using old technology but modernizing is something which maybe a lot of businesses maybe need to think about doing and you know those businesses who are most badly affected by COVID um you know notwithstanding service businesses such as you know um hairdressers and dentists who obviously have to close. But other types of businesses, you know, can really future-proof themselves uh, and make their business more effective even post-pandemic in the normal environment. So my message really, I guess, to finish off, Ronan is whatever type of in- organisation you, you work in, um, automation is is, is is more important now than ever. I think the pandemic has shown that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the future is the future is very much digital.
1: Right. Thanks so much for that, Darren, and have a great day and good luck in the future with Thank, the pandemic. Thanks, thanks
0: very much, Ron, and good to, good to speak to you.
1: No problem. Take care. Thanks.
0: Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Bye bye. Bye bye.